Hi everyone and welcome to Everything About IVF in Conversation with Dr. Gautam Alabadia, brought to you by NMC IVF Dubai. I am Kavya Archavli and you are joining us to be a part of some interesting conversations in the world of IVF. Now this podcast is brought to you by NMC IVF and Dr. Gautam Alabadia, who's been responsible for over 9,000 babies in 30 countries and six continents since the year 1996. Now, as I'm reading out these numbers, all I can imagine are tender smiles of the babies and vibrant celebrations by the families. So yes, dear friends and listeners, this in fact is our first episode and it's so special as it's a start for all of us to connect on a topic that helps you with planned parenthood the joy of which is so unmatchable. Now, we know that so many of you have so many questions on IVF. Is it safe? Is it right? Is the procedure complex, etc.? Which is why our podcast is specially designed to answer your questions that is backed with science and most importantly, humane stories. Now, every episode, we'll also bring to you some renowned doctors joining on board to help us all demystify the myths surrounding it and most importantly, to ignite our knowledge with the fascinating progress of science to help families smile. So with that, I hope you're all set to dive into the first interview featuring none other than Dr. Gautam Alabadia as we begin with this very interesting tete-a-tete. So with that, firstly, a warm welcome indeed, Dr. Alabadia. How are you doing? I'm good. Good morning, everyone. Wonderful, wonderful indeed. So as as we are part of this conversation, I can see that you've joined us from Dubai while I'm logging in on the other side from India. So I believe thanks to technology, we can really take forward this conversation to all the people across the globe, right? Yes, yes. So let us begin. Yes, absolutely. So without any delay, let me actually get to the first burning question. Uh, We're talking about infertility. Now this the main question that's on people's mind is why suddenly is infertility on a rise these times? So, you know, uh, simplest the simplest explanation that uh, can be given is that the World Health Organization has been setting out standards for infertility management and in the year 1900, 100 million per ml sperms were considered as normal. And now, today, the World Health Organization in their list of standards gives 15 million per ml sperms as normal for a man. So if you see the sperm count has come down from 100 million per ml, which was considered normal, to 15 million per ml today in 2021. So just like the fertility falling in the male, there are similar problems that have happened in the female species as well. This has been mainly attributed to the environmental toxins and pollution that and the processed foods that we are eating. We are still discovering a lot. Some peer-reviewed publications have told us that the biggest damage has been caused by the mineral water that has become very popular across continents. The mineral water that we drink the water per se is not responsible but the water stored in these plastic bottles especially if it is in hot countries it liberates certain chemicals into this water and chronic intake of this water gives rise to problems both 
in the male and in the female in the male it is linked to uh, falling numbers of sperms as well as genetically damaged sperms in in the woman it has led to some autoimmune disorders and this has led to even 25 26 year old women uh, succumbing to a syndrome called premature ovarian failure that means when they are just beginning their reproductive career their reproductive hormones signify that they have almost no eggs left in their ovaries and this is called premature ovarian failure and a simple test that uh, defines this is a low serum anti-mullerian hormone it's a simple blood test that anyone can do on first second or third day of their menstrual cycle and this incidence of this premature ovarian failure signified by a very low amh is becoming more and more common that we see in all gynecology opds and so we have made amh a part of our infertility screening today global estimates by organizations such as the united nations and the world health organization tell us that one in five couples has some difficulty getting pregnant and are classified as subfertile which is really that means one in five couples that are trying to get pregnant across the globe this problem is like a pandemic it has cut across all ethnicities you know all religions etc so it's really a growing problem and doesn't seem to be stopping and you know in the developing world it has been directly linked to the adulteration in the food stuffs so right from chemicals used to ripen fruits to you know chemicals or substances used to be put into milk or things like turmeric or even your day to day salt all this has been linked to uh, subfertility or increasing levels of gonadal toxic damage that means damage to the cells producing sperms and the cells producing eggs so it is a rising problem and uh, you know it's there are some estimates by some artificial intelligence guesstimates that after 50 years assisted reproduction might become the norm that means couples will have difficulty getting pregnant with the low sperm counts and the low numbers of eggs so after 50 years maybe medically assisted reproduction will be simplified but it might be the norm so we really don't know where the world is heading but it's a very scary picture wow Uh, Dr. Labadia I must admit as in uh, that that is the reality that I was completely unaware about you know when you say that 50 years from now assisted reproduction you know that might be the norm in fact uh, uh, I'm sure even our listeners would agree that it's all to do with our daily habits and we don't know how certain daily habits have actually contributed towards a a a symptom like this or a, a pandemic the way you yes, probably sorry. mentioned it I'm yes. sorry I'm interrupting you but for example yes. in the Middle East where I practice here men women teenagers take a lot of some shisha you know tobacco mm. the raw form and yes. tobacco this shisha usage is very rampant here with youngsters and this is this is directly linked to chromatin this is directly linked to genetic damage both in the sperms and the eggs so we educate people here all the time that shisha is something to be completely avoided so things like that very high usage of tobacco etc is known to cause genetic damage in your sperms and your eggs 
yes one is habits second is adulteration third is environmental toxins the gas the air we breathe the gases in the atmosphere so everything is contributing to decreasing fertility in the globe today interesting indeed dr alabadi i think this is something that uh, people really needed to hear because uh, i i i can honestly say that you know no matter how much we try to google it it just confuses so much so many of us but i think what you've shared literally puts a lot of clarity and a lot of perspective to the way things are going with regard to infertility um with that doctor let me actually move forward to another question because this is somewhere a lot of people also get confused while age is not a limit um there are also people who keep saying hey this is the right time to have a baby that's the right time to have a baby but really what is the best age for having a baby actually the most important the most important factor to have a baby is age of the female partner age of the wife the best time to have a baby with today's sperm counts and egg counts is between the ages of 25 and 35 and at this time the anti-mullerian hormone or the amh is between 3 to 8 in a normal woman i feel that when couples get married immediately after marriage when they plan you know contraception or whatever the wife must do a simple blood test called serum amh immediately after marriage and if the amh is normal they can plan their careers in pregnancy but if the amh is low that means normal life produces between 3 to 8 nanogram per ml if the amh is low it is you know you are running then a race against time and please do not take this lightly and get after completing your family as soon as possible so instead of you know when you do a prenuptial counseling or whatever this test amh should be at least made a part of your normal screening you will know how many years you have more to either have contraception or if the amh is already down then you will have to rush in to have your own genetic child i feel this should be really impressed upon and i'm not scaring anyone but i'm seeing a lot of youngsters who come in at 30 31 32 and their amh is like less than 1 that means they are running a race against time even at early 30s to have their own genetic child they ask us the question why why me and mm. you cannot explain because it's like cancer cancer kills but this depletion of ovarian reserve maims so we really don't know why this comes in we are attributing this to environmental toxins pollution all the things that i talked about i i think one thing I'm sure listeners will agree as to the fact that when you spoke about the serum AMH test what happens is everybody is just used to listening to the fact that hey you're already 31 why don't you have a kid hey you're 28 why don't you have a kid but when you uh, provide us with a very interesting uh, perspective on getting that serum AMH test done so that then you can plan whether you want to take your career forward first or plan your pregnancy i think this is something our listeners uh, will really have a wonderful takeaway from so this was a very crucial point doctor thank you so much for sharing this um but again this also brings me to the next question now uh, we're talking about couples who are also planning out their careers and they're planning out the babies but while some people manage to get it right some people miss out on that particular timeline let's say then how long should a couple wait before going for a fertility treatment so primary infertility is defined as inability to get pregnant within 1 year of unprotected intercourse 
so i feel that this thing this definition should be valid for the female partner under the age of 35 if you are getting married after the age of 35 the first thing you must do is you know the first month after you get married or in your courtship or whatever you must get your serum amh done and if it is on the lower side you must not wait for that even for that one year start taking some medical help to get pregnant you know so it's very very important that if you are under the age of 35 then you can try for a year if your amh is normal try for a year above the age of 35 you must go a little aggressive and take medical help wow i think i am myself uh, taking away a lot to learn from this particular conversation doctor because uh, i believe this aspect especially when you say if you are under 35 let the couple try at least for one year and if not if it's after 35 then definitely the serum amh test so i But hope our listeners good. instead of yes. matching horoscopes and things like <laughs> that it is best to do a amh level for a woman today women Absolutely. are educated they are in charge of their careers they come to me and they discuss sometimes of freezing eggs so i feel that they must all you know if um, at the around the age of 30 if they have yet not got married it's a good idea for everybody to screen themselves a simple blood test can be done privately on first second third day of period a word of caution it's a very sensitive test and it should be done in a standardized lab because the test is a little expensive a little expensive not for work like you know for the it costs i think about in india about 500 indian rupees so people try to go to cheaper labs where it's available for don't do that go to a standardized chain and do this test because this test is going to decide your reproductive future so i feel that on your 30th birthday if you have yet not found a partner or something is a very good idea today to do the amh if it is still between 3 and 8 yes you have time if it has gone to less than 3 then you know there are other options that you must really consider if you are in the midst of your career then other things today are like freezing your eggs for future fertility yes. wow doctor i think what you plugged in is absolutely important and i think somewhere we need to normalize these in our conversations uh, as you had mentioned about the prenuptial agreements or the contracts or for that matter horoscopes that besides all that i think these are the things that will actually uh, educate us whether we are as couples or whether we plan to get married it literally educates us to treat it more seriously than sit later and wonder why me as you put it so i think this so this is a wonderful wonderful point you've shared with me doctor um, with regard to the fertility treatment as well i'm sure our listeners will be keen to find out uh, if men with low sperm count can also be treated actually there is no scientific uh, evidence based medicine that can increase sperm counts low sperm counts continue to remain low sperm counts generally the treatment is you know treatment given in good faith but there is no such thing as evidence based treatment that means you give a tablet or a pill or an injection and the sperm count will definitely go up so if the men have really low sperm counts and you have taken a course of vitamins or some idiopathic medicines like clomid etc then there's no point in waiting it's best to complete your family quicker with assisted reproduction the single most important factor is your partner's age men the counts remain the same up to age 75 so please do not delay your family trying to improve sperm counts because your wife's ovaries are depleting their eggs very fast 
and there is a very big difference i have practiced in india and i'm practicing in the uae uae has over 160 nationalities so we have patients coming from different ethnic backgrounds the women here i feel are far more informed and come earlier there a lot of them are career women who come to me and they are far more in control of themselves and they come for egg freezing at the correct time that means at the age of around 30 31 instead of waiting till 38 and then coming for egg freezing where it's going to be a very difficult task then to find good quality chromosomally normal eggs so today it is very important to at least screen yourself early like you know whatever health checkups that you do for women who have not yet married a serum amh should be part of their annual health checkup mm. yes but, but but doctor do you think sometimes as you were saying right the difference is the fact that people out there are way more informed is it that somewhere in certain countries for example even in india one the lack of awareness two of course is the fact that hey we don't need these uh technology or you know anything uh, everything will be fine and only then they take it till the nth minute and then they realize hey i don't have any other choice but to you know sort of go with uh, more you know medical technology so now let's go for it so do you think somewhere there is this bias as well is that also one of the reason why it's delayed in india people are not taking that action quickly or not even um uh, you know sort of having this conversation more often i think it is education is just education is making a difference and i in the at least in the urban centers in india single women are now waking up and getting themselves screened and they really know the significance of low amh so they are coming a lot for freezing their eggs so i feel yes things are happening but like you know when you look at caucasian or even arabic women here they are waking up much more early i think and uh, coming to us at earlier age groups to freeze their eggs so i think podcast like this or webinars or whatever the press the press has to write more articles and educate uh, women about this importance of screening their ovarian reserve absolutely absolutely doctor i think uh, you're right in fact conversations like these you know across different platforms or across social media will literally educate women and men of course and uh, at least make them aware that yes there is something like this yes this is the serum amh this is a test or for that matter this is how it is supposed to be perceived to be understood if they are at least aware they will give it a thought if they are not aware at all they wouldn't even even know that there is something like this so you have said that very well uh, sir i i think uh, let me also come to the main uh, topic that we've all been focusing on which is to do with ivf i think uh, let me just break down the question to a very simple thing doctor which is what is ivf all about because there is of course on one side there is noise about it um, but at the same time there is a well uh, uh, educated noise which is what we need but what is ivf actually about so ivf is in vitro fertilization in vitro means outside the body fertilization is fertilization of the egg and sperm to make a baby the first ivf was done in 1978 and uh, today in 22 and when it was done from in 1978 the success rates were hardly 20% today in the year 2021 ivf can give you success rates as high as 80% that means seven or eight women out of 10 attempting ivf will get pregnant so we have moved a long way and it should not be looked upon as a taboo because today we have 
the first ivf baby who already ha- has her own child so uh, we are already into the next generation and we have now i think 4 million babies born from ivf and all of them when you compare them with the normal population that means babies conceive spontaneously there is no difference in birth defects there is no difference in iq there is no difference in milestones and uh, so it's an absolutely safe procedure what is not happening in the bedroom we do it in the lab this is not artificial we are just putting the gametes together and nature or god fertilizes the gametes and then we place the gametes back into the uterus in the developed world today ivf is taken up more easily because insurances have covered ivf in countries rich countries like usa germany and the state in europe in out of 27 your schengen countries i think 20 schengen countries uh, cover their own population completely for ivf so it's only in the developing world or poorer countries where citizens have to pay for their own ivf and it's led to you know it's expensive so it's not become so prevalent or widespread because of the cost and like i told you when today with the advent of artificial intelligence there are projections uh, by israeli companies that in 50 years time majority of the population will be using medically assisted reproduction to get pregnant so ivf even in india will become more and more prevalent in the next 5 years itself So I, I must admit, those are some very interesting stats and numbers that you've shared with us, doctor. And it's also just making us more aware about the fact that while a lot of people uh, start looking at their incapabilities, for some reason, what couples think is that okay, I don't think we're capable enough, which is why now let's resort to IVF. It has nothing to do with somebody's incapabilities. It's just got to do with their lifestyle choices and things that then probably uh, you know materialize, as you said, in the bedroom. And that's what 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 you do is what doctors like you. what your teams do is they ensure that it's done in the lab so everything is safe it's not a taboo anymore in fact uh, i'm actually learning it now that the first ivf was ever conducted in 1978 and i'm sure a lot of listeners just like me are absolutely amazed seeing the success rate moving from 20 to 80% uh, doctor that brings me to another crucial question as we were talking about ivf then what exactly is iui and is it really better than ivf So IUI is the world's commonest fertility intervention. It is a very basic intervention, and uh, this just means putting in the good quality sperms from a man's ejaculate to the woman's uterus at the fertile period, and usually to increase the chances of success, we give some fertility tablets or injections to the woman to produce more eggs. I generally explain to my patients as going to a bowling alley. If there is one skittle, then you might hit it or not at the time of bowling. If there are nine skittles there and you throw the bowling ball, you are more liable to hit those skittles. So IUI is a very inexact thing. Uh, the skittles are compared to the egg. Each month, a woman makes one egg. and if you put in sperms in the uterus the sperm might or might not fertilize that one egg if you give fertility tablets or injections to produce more than one egg <coughs> there are higher chances that you will uh, you know one of the sperms will meet one of the eggs 
but again this is not direct it's a very indirect thing so we put in the sperms and we hope that the sperm fertilizes the egg and the overall success rate is not more than 23 24% so you compare the success rate with ivf which is 70 80% and 20 to 25% of i success rate with iui we don't recommend iui be done more than 2 3 times if in three times IUI fails, you must go ahead to IVF to complete your family and do not stick. IUI is popular only because of the cost difference. The cost, say in India for IUI might be 5,000 rupees and for an IVF cycle, couple might have to spend a lakh of rupees, 100,000 rupees. So the difference is too much so for the lower middle class or patients who cannot afford to spend that sort of money on IVF they persist with IUI. Otherwise, you know, statistically, after three cycles of IUI have failed, there is very little chances that the couple will conceive with IUI. Well, that's a stark contrast, especially in terms of the money aspect. And as you said, probably that's true. That's the reason why a lot of people would prefer IUI to start with. Uh, but also the success rate being almost less than 25%. So there, there, there's a pro and con, but of course here we're looking at having a success rate to be higher than worry about the money because the more IUI trials keep happening you're still you'll still end up spending that amount of money might as well go for the IVF to start off with, so right? most insurance companies in the USA don't even pay for IVF if you are having trouble getting pregnant you have finished the trial at home they pay directly for going into IVF because the success rates are so high so things will change here also but it will be our maybe five ten years behind USA in the practices and the economy has to move up, our GDP has to improve. So it's yes. just cost that is uh, prohibiting the correct use of technology. Here. I think that's that's uh, that's one reality uh, bite that you've shared with us, doctor. Uh, I think uh, while, I, while, while we are still on IVF, the topic, um, I'm sure our listeners would also be keen to understand that uh, can we actually do IVF with tablets only? Yes, there is a, there is, the wheel has turned a whole circle. Uh, initially, in the beginning, some fertility tablets called clomiphene citrate were introduced into infertility practice to, you know, it was a cheap tablet and to make little multiple eggs to increase the chances of sperm meeting the egg. Today, we have realized that the fertility injections, the very hard injections that we use the hormonal injections that we use for IVF are affecting the egg quality and sometimes these injections in certain groups of patients the these use of injections give rise to more eggs which are genetically abnormal and if you soften the stimulation by substituting the injections with tablets the same women start producing more number of chromosomally normal eggs giving rise to easier pregnancies this protocol, uh, I have actually worked on it a lot for the last 15 years and I have christened it IVF Lite, L-I-T-E. You can go to the MMC Instagram channel and the Facebook and all our webinars. We talk almost every month about IVF Lite. Mm -hmm. IVF Lite is giving us now as good pregnancy rates as conventional stimulation IVF. So for example, you spend about 50 to 60,000 Indian rupees for injections in a cycle and you might spend only 200 rupees on these tablets. 
so to make ivf more accessible especially in a country like india resource poor country developing country more and more units are switching over to this lighter form of ivf lighter both on the body as well as on the pocket so ivf light is giving us today as good pregnancy rates as the exp- more expensive fertility injections Wow, Dr. Alabadi. In fact, thank you so much for throwing light on IVF light. In fact, I'm going to also request all our listeners to please head towards the uh, uh, MMC site in order to gather more details on this because this, in fact, is an eye-opener. A lot of people think about IVF just being a complicated procedure wherein they just have to go about spending lakhs and lakhs and it's going to be a painful procedure and, and all that and more. But I think this literally answers the question that, you know, with tablets alone or, you know, in terms of the injections, uh it can actually be treated so this is this is an interesting insight doctor our uh, website the zivanza.org website yes. actually has a lot of recorded webinars that we have done for patients over the last one and a half years and it has also got videos on ivf how ivf is actually done how life begins in the laboratory so i really recommend uh, our audience those who are interested in seeing how life begins in the lab to go to the zivanza.org website and see our past webinars and also there are entire webinars on ivf light so the whole topic is simplified for the lay public that's i think it's the most pertinent uh, discussion and i'm sure our listeners will be heading to the website right away to take a look in terms of these webinars and these are well explained webinars in terms of the procedure and all so uh, doctor in fact that uh, in fact i didn't know that the time was flying by so fast because it brings me to the last question uh, of the podcast which is um, again uh, in order to understand with regard to the uh, ivf and the procedures how many cycles should a couple go through then in order to you know, sort of be a part of this procedure today you know ivf really refined itself the success rates have become high 70% of couples get pregnant in the first attempt this i am really talking in a well established center with a wonderful backup lab an embryology lab and an experienced doctor so i am assuming that once you go to a good center then 70% couples should get pregnant in the first cycle itself statistically 90% of couples get pregnant within two attempts only 10% of couples require more than two attempts to get pregnant this is the benchmark or statistics today and the country that is driving the research forward the country real you know two countries which have are driving the research forward today using artificial intelligence are the USA and Israel mm-hmm. so most of the new research coming in and you know the trend to increasing pregnancy rates using artificial intelligence is from these two countries and uh, i think we are we've almost reached 80% and maybe you know in the next 5 years we can stretch this benchmark higher and it will become easier for couples to get pregnant using ivf beautiful beautiful indeed uh, dr alabadi i think uh, while we are almost coming towards the end of the podcast i must uh, thank you for the kind of wisdom that you've shared uh, uh, even a person like me i've learned a lot and i'm sure our listeners will learn a lot but if there's one final message that you'd like to share for this episode for our very first episode if there's this one message that you'd like to share with our listeners what would that be my message is that you know it's uh, mainly to the working women to the career women because in the last 10 years i am seeing 
us you know women uh, in charge of their own lives coming a little too late they come to me mostly after the age of 35 to freeze eggs they have heard that freezing eggs is now done by actresses and celebrities and they have come to us and by the time they reach us their amh is gone to less than 2 or less than 1.5 and then it becomes a appeal task and it takes 13 statistically practically when you freeze eggs you should have 13 mature eggs to give rise to a live pregnancy later and if you come above at the age of 37 38 to me to collect these 13 mature eggs might take two or three egg retrieval attempts so my message is that please do your like when you're doing your annual health screening from your companies or whatever for yourself please do check your amh if it is less than 3 please make a decision to either freeze your oocytes or whatever means press the button that you are running a race to have your own genetic child this is very very important wow doctor thank you so much what a realistic conversation that this turned out to be and a very enlightening one uh, because somewhere people feel that they are forced to make a choice between career and family but this is not a it's it's a planned choice and uh, and the way you've educated us uh, with regard to you know sort of making that appropriate choice i think it just gives us more freedom to sort of own it up than just sit and worry about it so i believe the science behind it the numbers the statistics every aspect that you've shared i'm sure even wikipedia will not be able to explain it so beautifully so uh, i must thank you once again uh, dr labadia for uh, ensuring that our first podcast itself is such an enlightening one for sharing your words of wisdom with us and i can't wait to see uh, this conversation explore across uh, the continents for people to learn more and to understand more so thank you once again dr labadia for joining us in our very own first episode of uh, everything about ibf Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you once again, sir. Goodbye. Uh, well, dear listeners, on that note, as we do come to the end of the first episode, let me also share with you all our contact details in case you need to get in touch with us for any further queries. So to connect with us, you can call us on plus nine seven one five six one three six two five one two. Let me repeat that once again for you all: plus nine seven one five six one three six. 2512 you can also write to us on info@mmcivf.com so with that please do share your queries if you have any and we'll be absolutely happy to address them but on that note it's also time to catch up for our next episode so see you all really soon until then stay safe stay knowledgeable take care and see you all really really soon